0: From MZ Studios in Dallas, Texas, you're listening to the Tennis Revolution Podcast.
1: I Hate men's tennis. <laughs> I hate it. Uh, is that how we, is that how I should start? Yeah, normally it's American tennis. Oh my god! Tennis. Well, the American tennis didn't help. The lack of ability, of American tennis, just adds to the misery. Were there even any Americans in oh the tournament? Sorry, welcome to the tennis revolution. <laughs> um, I guess if it was, it was an actual, real revolution, you wouldn't get on a mic and bitch about things, and then have the revolution. So right. I don't know. Welcome to the rest. You doing all right, buddy? I'm doing good. Oh, man. It was great
2: tennis, wasn't it? So unpredictable, competitive. That's just
1: what you want in sporting events. Well, listen, the court was beautiful. Yes. The setting was just stunning. And the tennis did not match. (laughs) But I like clay. I like clay. You know, I was telling everybody,
2: so we had the number one clay quarter in the world, maybe in history, playing the second best clay quarter currently and it was the most lopsided match of the tournament.
1: Well, that's what everybody says, but in all reality, the second best clay court player right now is not playing clay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. God bless him, America. Yeah, I mean Djokovic
2: I mean Federer could, I know, but Djokovic could be the second best if he's back to form maybe, but he definitely isn't right now. Mm, mm, mm. But yeah, it was I mean, people were so excited about that match, I felt like, but I knew based on how bad Team was in the previous two matches, that he wasn't going to give a match. And oh, yeah. I didn't, I didn't think he was going to. Yeah. Because he had barely squeaked by some much worse opponents.
1: Well, incidentally, you just tuned in, and I, all of a sudden I'm just bitching about something <laughs> immediately. So, again, welcome to the Revolution, Tennis Revolution Podcast. Coach and Corey back in the house. And Monte Carlo just wrapped up today, earlier this morning right. for us. We record on Sundays, as all of our returning fans know. And – uh and man, what a morning. What a crap. Hey, at least my afternoon finished well. <laughs> the Penguins uh, dominated. Oh. Absolutely dominated. Can I get a Let's Go Pens <laughs> chant or no? <laughs> Nothing? All right. That's fine. I
2: can't. I just can't. You know, the first, I think I've told you this before, A first hockey game I ever watched was a four-overtime Penguins win in probably the late 90s, early 2000s, and I thought that was the greatest thing I've ever seen. I was like, oh, hockey's so amazing, and then I realized that every game wasn't like that. But it wasn't quite as exciting. You're a, You're a jackass. You're a jackass, all right? You don't know tennis. You don't
1: know hockey. You know nothing,
2: all right? How, those are polar opposite sports. How can you like both no, of those? No.
1: Um, well, first of all, the nonstop nature of hockey is what makes it so, exi- it's so exciting. Yeah, it's I up, agree with that. Up and down the ice. And that doesn't mean it's always, you know, like today, 8-5, <laughs> which is a football score almost, right. or a baseball score, not a hockey score. But, um, but that made probably more exciting, high scoring. That's more some, than
2: 1-0. Sometimes. But to me, there is nothing, I've always said this, there's nothing more exciting than sudden death hockey. Because well, the game can end at any second.
1: Sure. Well, the regular season is dumb. Yeah. So what they've done now in the regular season hockey. Welcome to the hockey revolution. <laughs> uh the uh the hot, the overtime rules this year and maybe I think last year was the first year. I can't remember.
2: Yeah, it's been at least one other year.
1: Um so you get to the end of regulation, which is three 20-minute periods, and you have a uh an overtime where it's 3 on 3 plus a goalie. Oh, that's the part I thought you were just talking about the five minute aspect. This is the well, part that's new, right? Right, but it's three on three also. I don't think I even knew that.
2: Yeah, it used
1: to be four on four.
2: No, okay, see, I didn't even know that. And
1: so, if it's four on four and one of the teams gets a penalty, it's four on three. Yeah. Well, now three on three, one team gets a penalty. the The team that uh, is not in the penalty box gets an extra player added into <laughs> the three. Okay, instead of somebody <laughs> going away, it's.
2: I mean. Listen. First of all, and they go five minutes. So how often in that five minutes does somebody score?
1: I don't know. Really? Come on. I. (laughs) Would you say
2: it's the majority or the minority? Hmm. That's a good question. Probably they're they're doing it to make people score more quickly to have a chance to. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, so they drop down to five minutes because it's already a hard game. You know, you're slamming into each other for, you know, three twenty minute periods and then they had another full period and it was just too much. Now in playoff hockey they play a full third period with all five players. Yeah. So it's you know, it's full on.
2: And as long as many periods as it takes. Right. Yeah.
1: Right. There's no shootout, which is great because I mean, a shootout in hockey. Or in soccer is the equivalent to no ad in tennis. Oh, bring it on home, baby. Yeah, yeah,
2: I like that's a good analogy, actually. I would I would agree with that.
1: Yeah. So so what you so what you said was playoff hockey or overtime hockey, but only in the playoffs is fun. Right, right. Um it's too gimmicky when you're talking about a playoff uh, a three on three five minute and then a shootout, which if you don't know what a shootout shootout in hockey is out there, first of all, get out from under your rock. Um unless it's cuz you're watching tennis all the time. <laughs> no. Uh and then uh so the 5 minute overtime and then the shootout is you a, pl- a player starts at, you know, mid, you know, center ice and kind of just skates in one on one with the goalie. And I mean there's some rules like you can't go backwards with the puck, <laughs> etcetera, but uh you can, you know, deke and you know, yeah. you know, kind of try to get my head fake this that and the other and then shoot. And if you make it, you get one. And if you don't, then it's an X. And then basically, you're trying to hold serve. <laughs> yeah. Bringing them back to tennis again. <laughs> um, and so, if you break serve and then hold, then then you win. Basically, right. um, and well. it's gimmicky, I think. And uh, I mean, you have to do it because again, y- you're already playing, you know, eighty plus games where you're kicking each other's ass. And so, you don't want to have, you know, however many games. Decided by another twenty-minute period of kicking each other's ass, so it's a it's a safety issue for for hockey, and it makes sense.
2: Well, and so many people in every sport complain about ties. I feel, I feel like anytime there's a tie, people complain. So that's they, a, so they have to eliminate.
1: I don't know what you're talking about. That's there's <laughs> well, only, they
2: complain about it in soccer.
1: Well, oh, I guess football can end in a tie as well. But
2: well, um, in hockey, if they didn't have shootouts, they could have ties. Is what I mean. Oh, if they didn't have the shootout, it could be a tie.
1: Right. Well, they would keep going. That's what they used to do. Right. But anyway, so the point being, though, is that... Uh, well, they used to have ties in hockey
2: after one overtime, didn't they?
1: I don't know. I don't think I so. I thought they did. Mm-mm.
2: I thought they had a separate column for ties. They
1: still have a separate column, but it's 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 overtime um, loss. Okay. Because you get a point for that. So there's
2: going to be a winner no matter what. So now. in
1: hockey, again, if you don't know, get out from a rock or you know stop watching so much tennis. Um, don't do that. <laughs> but in hockey, you get two points for a win whether it's regulation or overtime but if you lose in overtime you get one point yeah and so hockey is based just on accumulation of points which is similar to tennis. some tennis leagues they give you a point for winning a set uh, i so don't know
2: what that means they make you actually make we it don't like discuss rec
1: tennis here sir <laughs> we're only talking about the best of the best of the best sir <laughs> Well, I'm the, kidding. The, we love uh, league
2: players. Monte Carlo, nobody would have gotten a point against a all, whether <laughs> that was for a set or not. Oh,
1: my God. I saw some stat where he has won like 6,000 sets in a row on clay. <laughs> didn't he win? Didn't he lose 16 games total for the whole tournament? That's not. He didn't lose enough games to lose a match total. <laughs> that is un. <laughs> Real, and I'm not saying unreal like Justin Gimelstob stumbling all over his dumb face <laughs> to talk about how amazing uh, Nadal is. And I still think the
2: toughest challenge in tennis is beating Nadal on a clay court. You know, he said that and the five thousand ca- times. And then
1: Carrillo just laughing like to try to play along, but thinking you're an idiot, you yeah. curly head, dumb dumb. <laughs> um, damn it. Sorry, Gimelstab, you're American, buddy. You know there's going to be
2: a stat this year where it's how to beat Nadal and clay. There's always the feature every year in the French, and it's the same three things every year.
1: Yeah, find better players. (laughs) (laughs) Resurrect Bjorn Borg. Um, Well, you can't compare errors. We know that. We talked about that. You can't compare, you know, the 70s to a 2010s guy, but... You can look at it and say, all right, this guy has had an unfettered run on Clay his entire career. Why? Yeah. Why is that? Is he so amazing and above and beyond everybody? Or does everybody get so scared, shakes like a leaf and hits the ball <laughs> in the middle of the court, just an inch past the service line, and he's able to hit angles all over everybody's face? Maybe that might be it. You think? <laughs> I I just
2: uh, it makes you not excited about clay like you said, but even is Quirton
1: still alive? Yes. God <laughs> Almighty, Guga! You and Roddick get to get, come down to Austin. I need you to come down to Austin, and I need you, uh, listen. You need to start training. I'm not, t- uh,
2: not Roddick. <laughs> not for clay.
1: No, but I mean, trey These are the right. two guys that are kind of so Roddick's going to come back and save hard court tennis. Yeah. and uh, grass court tennis and American tennis. And then Guga's going to come back and just put a stop to this nonsense. He could make a clay court final tomorrow. I have no... <laughs> Based I'm on almost... Else's. Listen, I don't know if I'm joking or not. I don't know about that. I haven't seen him play in a while. I don't know how much... Is, is he putting on any weight? Is he getting a little chunky? I, what is a traditional Brazilian food? Is he eating a lot of that? I don't know. I don't know oh, anything about Brazil. Picanha. Is it really? Yeah. Are you making that up? No, that's how what the, I get that, that Fogo
2: de Show every, all the time. You
1: don't know shit about <laughs> tennis, but you came out with some damn Brazilian uh, cuisine. That's that, the highest quality steak from Brazil,
2: Picanha. Is it really? I love it. It's amazing. Huh, interesting. I didn't know how cultured I was.
1: Well, listen. My point being is, is is Guga just eating a lot of that? Is he coaching? Is he hitting? Is he playing any kind of club <laughs> tennis? What is he doing? What's he doing out there?
2: How much tennis does he need to be playing to lose and o like everybody
1: else to at all? I think, he, I, <laughs> hmm, could, how old is he? He
2: can't do any work. I mean, put you and I out there, and we can do as well as anybody else is doing. That's what's really depressing about it. It's like you're telling me he beat three top ten players in the world, and they can't win more than six games?
1: Here's how I know it's a Fraud. All right, here's how I know it's bullshit. Because, again, we've talked about this with Federer, all right? How do you know he isn't the greatest? All right, you don't. Right. You don't. My contention is everybody else says, oh, it's a done deal. Yeah. But then now, wait a second. Now Rafa's here and everybody's stumbling all over themselves (laughs) to, you know. And my bet's looking better and better for Rafa to beat
2: Federer's record for slams.
1: I hope he does. I hope he does. Then what are you going to do? Right. Then what are you going to do, Federer fans? The two
2: greatest players in history. And
1: then I hope they both retire and Djokovic is the last one standing and, and, and wins and, and beats them both. <laughs> then what are you going to do? Right. Wow, we had Jordan, Jordan, and Jordan at the same time? <laughs> or LeBron, LeBron, and LeBron for you youngsters?
2: Or we just had, like you said, three really evenly matched players that happen to be a little bit better than everybody else.
1: And again, physically... Physically, you can see it because you watch Dimitrov or you watch Nishikori, and when they actually are confident in hitting, trying to hit through the court a little bit, get the ball outside the middle third of the court, and push a little bit, Rafa can't come up every single time. Right. I mean, here, Rafa can hit amazing shots from anywhere under any circumstances um, with anybody hitting the ball, you know, at him. Sometimes it's possible, you know, at any particular time. But the only thing that allows him to do it every time is these shitty players that just <laughs> loop the ball right. I mean, past the service line, it's an inch past the service line. Well, and why are, are people trying to have top spin based
2: on rallies when at all? That's what I'm, I mean. Like, even Kevin Anderson, when he played him in the US Open final, they were having based on rallies. I'm like, when are you ever going to win that rally? I just don't understand. I get that that's the style everybody plays, but you got to know from watching every other player lose to him, that's not going to
1: work. I compare this to like the whole the, the the phrase that you know the exception that proves the rule. We need something that proves the rule. And right now everyone sucks. <laughs> so we don't know if Federer and Nadal are the most amazing players that the, the game has or will ever see or if it's the literally the weakest error in the history of men's tennis. Well, I'm going to throw this mic out the win- through this window.
2: Well, and I say this every time, but the argument that always to me favors your argument is: better than it all are not better now than they were in their
1: mid twenties, because nobody ever has been. That's not what everybody. I'm, I know that's what, I, that's so Do to You me. hear me? I sound like an idiot. <laughs> Nothing's wrong with the mic. I'm not hitting buttons in here because I'm running the board again, <laughs> which is a disaster. I'm about to. S- Sorry, everybody. <laughs> Oh, my God. But, no,
2: I mean, Federer is not better at 36 than he was at 28 because no player in any sport in history has been.
1: But he's beating people worse, and so is Nadal, so, and it's ridiculous. And so that tells you. Now, why isn't why aren't you – I'm pointing at Corey, everybody, <laughs> accusingly right now. I'm pointing at Corey <laughs> accusingly. Why haven't you said the same thing you uttered, you slightly uttered about Federer under your breath one time on this podcast? How come you're not saying it about Nadal? Oh, about him. Royds. Oh, um oh I think that's a possibility. Were you kidding with Federer or you think in the back of your mind you think, How is he doing this? And you uh, think that's why I you're think saying
2: there it. There is something that they've both done that would be against the rules at worst and frowned upon at best.
1: I could live with frowned upon.
2: Yeah, what would be frowned upon, I don't know, but to me, Federer skipping the French open is already frowned upon, but
1: Um I would say uh Harvesting babies were their, <laughs> um, what do you call those things? The stem cells? I was
2: going to say frowned upon would be like stem cell treatments potentially. or Oh, but
1: not the kidnap, kidnapping babies. That would be illegal. Even HGH okay. I would say frowned upon. Yeah.
2: Even though it probably is illegal. It probably is against the rules. But obviously steroids being against the rules.
1: What's their net worth, both of them? Like they're both over $200 million. I said to he's
2: going gonna to be over $500 million when he's retired Federer. He's got to be. Just... Because he makes, he made $80 million a year or two ago. Prize in money. one year. Only. Oh, prize money, he's over 100 Yeah. And Nadal's probably close.
1: And they have everything else, because we only see some stuff here, but obviously, around the world, they are endorsing things, I'm sure.
2: Well, yeah, Federer had 80 in prize money endorsements one year recently. You know, Rolex and- So
1: is he, yeah. I mean, it's not Rolex like he doesn't have the, the what do you call it, uh, motiva- um Resources. Yeah, but the um Drive. When you want to commit a crime you have the motive. <laughs> motive. Golly. Right. You're the English major, yeah. right? Okay, good. Make sure it wasn't me. Um All right. Either they are not better than they were when they were twenty four, now in their mid thirties, or they're doing something to where they can be. To me, that's the only two options you have in terms of their physical ability. Well, and the other argument I love is,
2: well, they just don't understand how to play the game now because they're older and more expensive. That's every player that's ever played. Right. That doesn't mean every other player didn't win more when they were 35, right. even though they knew how to right. play better. All right, I so, mean, Agassi was great at 35, but he wasn't dominating tennis at 35. He was, he was doing better than any 35-year-old, but he wasn't winning a return. And
1: better than he did himself, but he had... He had dramatically different issues when he wasn't 35 because he was on meth or whatever the hell was going Whatever that book said. What was he doing? Hair plugs and meth or something? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cocaine, so, maybe? Was it?
2: I can't remember. But he still won probably. You think
1: that would help the podcast if I... Uh... <laughs> well,
2: I think he won more Grand Slams in his 20s than he did in his 30s still. Oh, right. Whereas Federer could end up with more Grand Slams in his 30s than in his 20s. I want
1: here's nothing would make me happier than okay. So first of all, every elite player on the men's side, anyway. I'm we're just talking about the men because we hate men's tennis. Are, are there any on paper? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I'm talking about in the past too. Oh, so like okay. Sampras. Yeah. Oh, San- you mean all time? Sampras was never like, yeah, I'm, I'm the best. What did he say? Oh, Roy Emerson's my hero. He's the best. Or Laver Laver is the best because he won a Grand Slam in both the open air and, you know, when it was amateur, blah, blah, blah. Um, And he would have way more Grand Slams if, you know, because before it was uh, the open air, he couldn't play certain things, blah, 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 whatever. So he didn't just have a straight run to play every Grand Slam that came up. Plus. Well, for him it wouldn't count because yeah. he's Australian, but Australia didn't count back then. It did, but it didn't. Nobody gave a shit, right? Um, so, but everybody, including Fetter and Dahl, I mean, I don't, I don't understand what Dol says most of the time, so I'm not sure what he <laughs> says. But, but Fetter does the same thing. Do you believe Fetter when he's like, "Oh, this person's the greatest" or whatever? I don't know. I think mean, he's just doing it for PR. I, I, don't buy mean,
2: it. I don't anymore. I, I, I did at one point, but I think now he's won so many that.
1: All right, so the reason I asked you that, and forced you to agree with me and kept pointing <laughs> at you, say yes, <laughs> I was shaking my is because I want to say this, the, the thing that would make me so happy, so happy, and would skyrocket our downloads on this podcast, is if he said, after he's retired, he can't do it now, are we going to be doing <laughs> this podcast? Because he'd be such an asshole if he did it now. <laughs> but if he said, listen, I didn't face the same level of competition Pete Sampras did. Right. And you know who said that? Pete Sampras said that. Okay. He said that back, like, you know, not pre-Fetter, uh, but like Fettered 1-whatever. Right. Uh, I'm sure he was number one in the world and had, had accumulated a fair amount. Maybe he was creeping up on uh, Pete Sampras' number, which I don't even remember what it is now. 16? Sampras is 14. 14. Yeah. God, it sounds like nothing. <laughs> and the 16 and fetter's 20. <laughs> How many is Djokovic? 12. Jesus. Well then, Djokovic is better than Sampras too. (laughs) So
2: if he get if Djokovic gets anywhere near back to his old form, he'll be in the high teens.
1: So anywho, so it, so Sampras said that at some point that there's just not the depth right now that there was in his era. And I mean, I think he's a pretty good guy, a pretty you know uh, honorable guy. I don't think he's, I don't think he meant that like Ah Federer shit. He can't handle me, right? You know because. I don't think he's that guy. He's more reserved than that, et cetera. And and again, I don't know him. Pete, call in if I'm right. Um, But if if Federer were to say that, and if he could somehow figure out a way to word it where he didn't sound like an asshole (laughs) saying everybody sucks right now, (laughs) um, you know, I'd be the happiest person in the world. And I think I think that's what he should say. Well, and my other favorite argument is well, it's not Federer's fault that nobody
2: can beat him. You know, that nobody's another goes. But I mean, that's true. It, we're not blaming him. But it's irrelevant. Because he's not the one saying that he's the best ever. That's everybody else saying right? That. Right. He believes it, though.
1: <laughs> he's drinking the Kool-Aid.
2: Yeah. I mean, it, yeah, it's just for, I mean, it'd be like the same as if, you know, in the strike years when the team wins the uh, the championship of whatever league, they won the championship that year, but they didn't beat the best players. Right.
1: Well, it would be so, like this if if uh, during the strike, you talking about the baseball strike, or yeah, you're talking or about NFL, NFL either one. So like the NFL when they have the scabs back in the eighties, right? If that
2: was a great thirty for thirty,
1: by the way. Let's say let's say the Pittsburgh Steelers said, you know what, we're not going on strike, and they had their full squad, right? Or I don't know, the Steelers weren't great back then, but whoever, well, they would have been compared to scabs. <laughs> well, true, but let's just say a really good team who was really good back then, the Redskins. I mean, yeah. their real team Maybe was Broncos, and the Broncos were really good. So let's say the Broncos. Just said, yeah, we're not going to, you know, John Elway, you know, Ernest Bynum, I don't know, not that was Cleveland. But uh, what was the guy's name? Before before my time. Exactly. But anyway, so uh, Steve Atwater, yeah. (laughs) Um, So let's say that team who made it to a bunch of AFC championships, lost in some Super Bowls, let's say they said, you know what, we're just going to play. All scabs and us. So a bunch of guys like me and Corey out there trying to play quarterback and receiver (laughs) against a legitimate NFL contender right and they would go 16 and 0 and they would win every playoff game by 35 points and they would win the super bowl by 35 points and they would be on paper the greatest team in the history of the nfl
2: yeah and imagine if they do it for five years straight then they've won more than any other team and they've you know and they've dominated like you said they've won however many games every season and whatever
1: you were so far away from me on this when we first started this podcast. <laughs> I don't know. And now if, Federer's won more slams. I don't know if it's my magnetic personality, my keen wit. I think it's the gun he's holding in my face. Or that, <laughs> or the bribery, the money, the cash. But no, slime. remember when we
2: first started, I said, now if Federer gets 20, then surely you must admit that he's the best of all time. And even then, you were like, well, I mean, 20 is so many. It's well, we depend, be. We also
1: depended on the dynamic of how we got there, and that's what made the difference on yeah. how we got there.
2: This ridiculous, ridiculous situation. Well, I almost want to go through, and I may do this one time, and Dimitra, see how many, of these are, how many of these are legitimate slams. <laughs> uh, Nadal winning the French this year, I'm already calling it, is not a legitimate slam. I'm sorry.
1: If you don't drop a set, an entire slam, every – Buddy, <laughs> Justin Gimelstob, listen to me. Listen to me. If you don't if you play best three out of five for seven rounds and you don't lose a set worse than six four, everybody sucks.
2: <laughs> they should all have to give their prize money to him, not just his. He
1: should get everyone's total for now the you, whole tournament. Now you know what doesn't suck?
2: Our next segment.
1: Oh, you son of a bitch. <laughs> We will find out when we come back. It's time to join the revolution.
0: Go to our website, tennisrevolutionpodcast.com, to get the latest episodes, email us your questions and comments, or give us show ideas.
1: All right, we are back, and Corey's dying to know what doesn't suck. Obviously, (laughs) men's tennis does. So, naturally, naturally, American women's tennis, baby. Yeah. Uh, apparently, Coco's a white racist bitch, according to Tennis Twitter. I disagree. She lost, and I'm disappointed. But Keys backed her up and got us into uh, the finals again of Fed Cup. And guess what? Not a doubles match to be played. <laughs> <laughs> so that,
2: that is an allusion to Corey's Corner later. But I thought, uh, I didn't hear the, uh, the stuff about Coco. you got to tell me about that. But
1: right, It's just tennis Twitter. I, I'm gonna, if it wasn't for my legion of Twitter followers, and I'll tell you about, actually, you know what? I'm going to tell you about Twitter right now. God, no, 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 women's tennis, Fed Cup, I love it, <laughs> it's great, go America, and um, do we need to wait on it because of Corey's Corner?
2: No, we can wait, we can save Corey's Corner for later, but I was just going to no, say. No, no, but that, I
1: don't want to talk about whatever it is. Oh, no, it's it's not. So obscure and ridiculous, there's no way not we'll. that
2: specific to Fed Cup, it's specific to this, this uh-huh. Fed Cup, uh-huh. but that was what I was going to say about the, how we know that America, the American team is so good, because we can have a player just get pulled from the lineup, and still dominate. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's other teams, they're stuck with two players, and if they have a bad day, they Ride gone. or die. Ride yeah.
1: or die. Um,
2: we pull in a top ten player to take the place of another player.
1: Yeah. So, uh, yeah, tennis Twitter. Um, I saw some Twitter uh, thing. What do you call it? A post? Hey. Uh, tweet. <laughs> tweet. Um, where Coco, the, the whole team was taking a selfie or some crap, and somebody, like, colored out Coco. And I'm like, what did she? I don't even know what she did. To be honest with you, and I don't really care. Hmm. Um, here's the good news for me: I'm a tennis fan. I'm an American tennis fan, and unless you're an axe murderer or you cheat in terms of tennis, in terms of making it like uh, unfair, so you know, steroids or whatever, Like, if you right. get caught smoking weed, that's not going to help your tennis. I promise you, <laughs> it's hard to eat a bag of you know uh, funyuns and play a match. <laughs> so i hate funnies, by the way i do too so many people love funnies. i, do I too. despise them i do too um but anyway and that's such a cliche thing to say but i don't really get high so not really i don't get high so i don't know what one would i thought eat. that was how this podcast started oh it's how it's going to continue i swear <laughs> with this men's tennis um so anyway so uh yeah so tennis twitter uh so i got to see the downside of tennis twitter and uh I mean, maybe it's just because she's obnoxious on the court and she's in your face and all that. Maybe there's not any race or anything. I don't know. Um, I think she supported Trump, maybe. Or okay. maybe in general she's more conservative. I don't know. But tw- t- t- tennis Twitter is not a fan of her. Um, well, and, and
2: Madison Keys is mixed, right? And they're on the same team. So yeah, you would think that'd be – and Sloan Stevens, obviously. So you yeah. would think that would uh, – she's friendly with all them. As and maybe as she's not
1: – who knows? Listen, who cares? I, like I said, I don't. Care at all? Yeah. There's nothing provable she's ever done, and it's just nonsense, and it's children, children being children. Um, but guess what? I figured out. I think how to use Twitter. How oh. I, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't put the notepad away. It's not.
2: <laughs> I just um, like how you kept saying tennis Twitter. We need to invent that. Just, just tennis commentary. Right.
1: So, uh, yeah, it'd be that's where we get our content. It'd be as dead as his podcast. <laughs> um, no. So all right. So. Uh, it rained in Dallas on Saturday. Yes. Right? Yesterday? Yes. Okay. So I said, you know what? I got an idea. I actually had this idea already. Uh, I went down to Austin, Austin, Texas. There is a comedy festival going on right now called Moon Tower. Are you uh, familiar? I'm not, actually. Well, that's because you're a loser. <laughs> um, Although, you know what? I think one of my friends might have actually been there. Well, there you go. So uh, Moon Tower. And so if you recollect, we this podcast and me in particular, have uh, st- struck up a relationship, kind of, um, with a comedian. Yes. Named Joe List. And he ep- was performing there? Episode something or another, he, I interviewed him, and that was our biggest um, episode yeah. ever. <laughs> the uh, one that had the least to do with tennis. No, no, no. He was talking about tennis and the U.S. <laughs> Open, sir. Thank you very much. Well, it was almost a year ago. Yeah. No, about eight months ago. And so was he in Austin? So he well, that's why I went down there. I, I I shot him a text and said, Hey, you know, if you're in town, you want to get on court and you know, see what's what? And he said, Yeah. I said, I got a you know, it was a festival, so he's not the only guy there. And so he he put together a, a group of four. So I taught a group lesson. Wow. I felt like Corey. Was it four comedians? It was four comedians. <laughs> or nice. or 410 10 10-year-olds. It was close.
2: It was close. I thought you were going to say five comedians and include yourself. Oh, no, wow. yeah,
1: baby. <laughs> uh, no. Um, no. Uh, I'm pretty funny, though, I must say. But uh, they I invite you
2: to go on tour with them?
1: I couldn't do what they do for sure. I mean, I think I could of years of hard work and suffering and starving to death. I, I think I, I feel like I could. <laughs> See, but. the
2: good thing about us, if we say something stupid and not funny, we can just edit it out. They're stuck up
1: there on stage with True. Hundreds of people looking at them. True. Um, all right. But we never edit stuff out. We don't. No. Um, we're not that smart. So anyway, so yeah. So, I mean, they, you know, they were goofy and, you know, it was it was, it was tough to corral them in general. Um, well, give us an NTRP rating on Joe. No. Offend him. No. Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> he doesn't know. I, I give you UTR more pertinently to this day and age. But uh, no, no, I mean, they're all, you know, low, low, low intermediates, (laughs) um, upper, upper beginners, um, but they don't ever play. We call those
2: advanced beginners at my club. I love that term, (laughs) advanced beginners.
1: (laughs) So we had, uh, all right, so um, are you familiar with the show with um, Terry Bradshaw and uh, Captain Kirk? Better late than never. Yes. I was
2: telling our producer about that show last week. He never heard of it. Better late than never. I love that show. Well, the
1: good-looking fella that's the young guy on that was one of the guys. What? Yeah. Jeff Dye? Jeff Dye. <laughs> You knew the guy. I love that show. Yeah. So he's a pretty athletic guy.
2: And I never got a text to join this lesson. I'm so angry.
1: Good-looking fella. Good-looking <laughs> fella. So you had Joe Liss, who's a pretty tall guy. He's pretty athletic. And, uh, and he remembered a little bit from our last lesson. So I must have really made an impression on the fella um and then jeff die was there and then a comedian named ryan hamilton okay and i watched his netflix special uh when i got back later okay. that evening um and it was, it was really funny i I hadn't really heard of him so <laughs> ryan hamilton i apologize i expect
2: all these people to follow us now
1: well wait i'm getting there can no, you stop blowing the lead here <laughs> so uh
2: That's what i've done my whole dating life
1: and then uh the the other guy which I hesitate to discuss him from a tennis context. Uh, <laughs> not highly skilled, but I gave him a compliment. Uh, I'm not sure if it's Chris D. Stefano or I don't know how to pronounce it, but it's D. I. Stefano. Yeah, I've actually seen that Chris name before. DiStefano. Yeah, he's really funny. He's on YouTube and stuff, and whatever other people do and stuff, and um, you know. And so all of them have been on late night TV, and they've right. been on various things and Netflix and what have you. And uh, so, like I said, I don't know if it's di de- Stefano or de Stefano or whatever um but uh, but he was out there, and he was really funny, and I got out of telling him he wasn't good at tennis by telling him he's too jacked to play tennis <laughs> and to be honest with you, it's the truth because he's hear pretty, that so often he's pretty ripped, i mean he's pretty like big across his shoulders and big arms and stuff, yeah. and so obviously he's into lifting weights and stuff like that, and you can't i mean, picture Arnold Schwarzenegger trying to do ballet i mean it's not we're
2: that's just what we need Compare yeah. tennis to ballet. Thank you. Well, that's a good point. That's <laughs> all right. That's great. Right. But no, I, you don't see many people with huge muscles on the court. Because
1: you don't have the flexibility. Your arm can't get all the way through. You sort of, your whole torso has to rotate when you hit unnaturally. I mean, we rotate obviously from the core, um, but it's just an unnatural. It's almost a helicopter move because his arms can't, whatever. Uh, so I just kept, kept telling him every time he missed, hey, those arms look good. You miss that forehand, <laughs> but you're Jack. Don't you're too. Um, and I think he probably appreciated that more than saying how good of a <laughs> tennis player. He, did he, he is. slip you his number after the lesson? No, no, <laughs> no. Um, yeah. So they're, they're really funny guys. Really, all all four of them really nice guys. That sounds great. And um, and so of course, go follow them. Go watch their stuff. Go to you know Netflix, wherever you can find them.
2: I think their websites are going to be overloaded with this uh, endorsement.
1: Oh yeah. But we thought all along, we thought we were going to go through this process of trying to find a women's professional tennis player to follow this podcast, and that would be the first check mark verified player, right? or verified account to follow us. I stand corrected. Joe List followed our podcast, so somebody with you know, hundreds of thousands of, of uh, followers, I saw it pop up the other, listen, I'm going to tell you right now, I know why people get all goofy and giddy about people following Twitter. <laughs> you Twitter. Now listen, I know I'm going too far, I'm going to scare him off.
2: <laughs> yeah, didn't you learn your lesson the last time? Yeah, but
1: he's a dude, it's different. Well, and wait a
2: minute, I'm a little bit angry now because he was on our show and he didn't follow it the first time.
1: Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, we just met. He (laughs) kind of thought I was probably a weirdo or something. I don't know what the deal was. (laughs) I assumed he'd been following us all along. Well, he didn't. Um, And maybe I didn't tell him. Right. But so this time we, we took a picture at the courts and then I tweeted it out and like put at all four of those guys in the thing. That's great. So apparently that's what you're supposed to do. Absolutely. So then I send it to them. So, and I'll give you all their uh, Thingamabobs or whatever <laughs> is that what they're called? Thingamabobs. <laughs> I think so yeah, I'm not 100 percent sure how that works. I think they're called Thingamabobs. Um, so I sent it out to at Joe List Comedy, at Chris D Comedy, at Ryan Hamilton, and at Jeff Dye. D y e. D y e. Look at you knowing stuff. <laughs> so Joe List has almost thirty thousand followers. not bad. Yeah. Ryan Hamilton has almost eleven thousand. Not bad, right?
2: And we've got a couple million right in ours.
1: Chris D. Uh, Jeff Dye has one hundred and <laughs> eight point eight thousand followers, right? Not bad. And Chris D. Stefano or Stefano has 121,000 followers. Now, did you do the math See, on that?
2: I've seen his name before. He's got to be in something Yeah, he's pretty well-known.
1: Uh, guy code, stuff like that. Okay. And girl Maybe code on, on MTV. Maybe so. so you, you sit around eating ice cream and watching MTV. Totally. Um, it's like so, 1999. Yeah, so that's you're talking about So 30 plus 11, 41. Am I right? Am I right? Plus 100, uh, 108. So that's like... We'll call it one fifty and then two fifty two seventy to two hundred and seventy thousand Twitter followers and they retweeted all that out so we should have three hundred thousand followers by tomorrow. well I didn't have the I didn't have any episode links on there because I don't know how to do that either uh, <laughs> but it's it's getting retweeted and they're seeing. My, the podcast yeah twitter feed which is one zero s r e v right so first of all nobody knew what the hell that meant but hopefully they figured it out tennis rev um so i don't know if that's gonna be good or bad i don't know how many more people are gonna follow us or well, what have be, you
2: it can't be bad
1: can't be bad right until well listen i am a big fan of joe list i enjoyed ryan hamilton who doesn't say bad words by the way apparently or in especially he didn't okay I didn't he which, which
2: is unusual for comedy. We didn't on the court either. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know,
1: like Jim Gaffigan doesn't. That's true. Uh, Brian Regan doesn't. And they're highly successful. Yeah. Um, you know. Anyway, Louis Black never really did, did he?
2: Oh yeah, yeah, he does. I thought he was just angry. I thought he didn't know he cussed. Yeah, a lot of cuss words.
1: <laughs> uh, tell
2: my type of comedy.
1: Right. So anyway, so um, but all four of those guys retweeted and all that. But we, so here's what I said. I like, and, I, and I'm learning more about some of the other ones. You let your fan of Jeff Die. Obviously, you watch him on that yeah. show. I'm a fan of uh Joe list and i and and I've seen some of chris d Stefano Stefano stuff um which was funny and then I've heard him on other podcasts, et cetera and uh but what I will say is I do not endorse because if you go if you're a fan of this show and you go over there we 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 are a little naughty yeah. we're a little naughty we say some bad words, but we're yeah. not you know not.
2: To the level of most comedians,
1: we're not to the level that I am off the mic. All right. <laughs> let me just put it that way. Um, they don't have a rating that goes that high. So I enjoy all of them, and whatever they do is is it doesn't bother me. But if if, if you're squeamish <laughs> or easily offended, um, then just understand that you're you're getting a warning ahead, a trigger warning ahead of time, and don't blame me. Don't come crying. Don't call in. Well, and teaching. Group of four
2: guys is always kind of even when they're not comedians, it's pretty wild and competitive, and, and it was crazy. competitive. and so when you get comedians, I can only imagine it must be that tough.
1: Well, so first of all, as most people out there have taken a, a group lesson or given a group lesson of your coach, you'll have some kind of uh, cart apparatus right or hopper, you'll have multiple pe- you know multiple people in this case four with rackets, and you hit all the balls out and they're laying all over the courts. And then people go; they stack balls up on their rackets and bring them back to the cart. It was like a shooting gallery the whole time. It was mayhem. It was mayhem. <laughs> they were hitting balls at each other. They were shooting baskets. So, oh, you, of course, the so, shooting baskets thing. So, like hundred a- right, but one hundred and twenty-five balls yeah. or whatever it is in a kit, you know, in a cart, and all one hundred and twenty-five were shot.
2: Right. That's like the bane of a tennis pro's existence when somebody yeah, does that.
1: It's nonstop, but they're not children. Yeah. Um, and so I was just, and we're just doing this for fun. I'm, to be honest with you, I'm trying to introduce tennis to people and maybe get somebody really into it that, that has some, you know, clout of some sort right. fame wise. And guess what? They're going to indirectly grow the game just because people they know, or people hear they play tennis, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and so I have evil ulterior motives of growing the game. <laughs> uh, I don't want to get on a TV show. I don't want to get free tick. I didn't even go to any of their shows last night on, on oh, Saturday. Really? I thought you did. Well, I had to get back. I had to yeah. get back. We had a big match. My college had a match on Sunday today, um, This m- earlier, and so um, I had to get back. So it really wasn't about that either. I just – you know, I'm, you know, I'm a big fan of Joe List and his comedy, and he's a super nice guy. And so, and he, and he digs tennis. He's a fan. We've talked, you know, the, the yeah. interview we did about the U.S. Open. He's a legitimate fan. And so, um, and so introducing him to tennis, helping him get a bit better to where he can actually play on a regular basis. And one of the comedians is also based in New York. That, that I guess, they live near near each other as much as you can in New York. Um, that Ryan Hamilton guy, and so they were talking about getting together when they get back to New York nice. and hitting. And so, again, if I have to teach a lesson to every human being to get them to listen to this <laughs> podcast or follow the Twitter, I will do it. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so that's the idea. So, and one of the guys, I mean, uh, that Chris DiStefano guy was asking, hey, you going to any shows tonight? And I don't know if he's going to you know, get me some free tickets or whatever. Uh, he might have because he seemed like a, just a sweetheart of a guy. Um that was the guy that was jacked. You're jacked, by the way. <laughs> terrible at tennis, but you're jacked. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so uh, it was just literally the Pied Piper of tennis. I was just skipping down to Austin to play my uh, flute of tennis. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs>
2: that's definitely the farthest uh, I've heard anyone go to teach a lesson. No, no. Are you sure? Well, I mean, just to teach one lesson and go oh, right. and be done. Right. Like to go coach a player or something that's different. you're yeah, semi-famous. What are you going to do? Yeah. But no, it sounds... uh.
1: It sounds really fun. So women's tennis is great. Men's tennis sucks. <laughs> and uh, grow growing the game by one comedian to, at a time. That's right. That works. Uh, a little longer plan, but we'll take it. Yeah. So anyway. All right. So yeah. the moment. I wish I had. I yeah. Can I get at some theme music? I now, was please? hoping or a drum roll or something. So uh, the less build up, the better. <laughs> <laughs> Probably, because it's going to come crashing down regardless. Corey's Corner. I Uh-oh, I sang last week, you <laughs> sang this week. This is becoming have a, a problem. Rhyme, I don't have a rhyme for it. It's becoming a problem. Um, no,
2: to give uh, your terminology a callback to a uh, previous comment you made in the show about how we had a great Fed Cup uh, weekend and not a, not a shred of doubles. So every tennis organization seems to be against doubles. We want to make it as short as possible and as, as less... Uh, as little visibility as possible. And so it happening in this week. And so in Davis cup, they play two singles, a doubles, and then two more singles. So the doubles is like a lot of times a deciding factor in a match. You're pivotal. Yeah. I mean you, the team that wins the doubles usually is in the lead or they could close it out in doubles. So it means a lot. Whereas in fed cup, you only play doubles if it's the last match, which makes no sense whatsoever. So you've admitted that doubles doesn't matter and sucks. And then you're going to put it as the most important match. At the very end. Right. So I don't understand the logic there. Um, So I just think it's confusing. It doesn't make any sense. And I think the same players can play doubles that played singles too, which I don't understand that either. They've already played singles. When does it come on? Because the singles is already over most of the time, or the match is already over most of the time. Right. So I just don't get the concept. I'm like, either just make it five singles and be done, or actually put the doubles in the middle or at the beginning like everybody else does.
1: Well, I agree. And it's funny because – I was looking at the Davis or the Fed Cup app and it's pink. <laughs> I didn't do that. Fed Cup, <laughs> Fed Cup is in charge of women's tennis. They did it to themselves. Yeah. So it's not me. I'm not sexist. I'm not stereotyping. I'm not uh whatever all the other crap that goes with it is. It's pink. The app's pink. I'm sorry. So I hit <laughs> the app and I go to the America, you know uh, the U.S. versus uh, France, little part of it, and it's got <laughs> rubber one. Matt, the first, you know, it goes across the top where Ties you can go and rubbers. Don't yeah. get started on that too. Right. So it goes to each one, and so you go to the fifth one, and guess who's there? <laughs> Bethany Maddox Sands. And I am telling you, I am fired up. I am like, oh, that would have been great. I want us to win immediately, right? I want us to win the first three matches yeah. in, you know, immediately. But then I know, like you're saying, I won't get to see uh, BMS. Right. And to me, you know, as we've talked about, that's all these followers we're trying to get, that's who I want, number one. Besides you, Joe List. Um, <laughs> that's who I want uh, to follow. This is Bethany Maddox-Sands. I think she's a, a, oh, she's a hoot. Yeah. Um, and I, I really
2: I, wanted to see her play dubs. I thought you were going to say women's doubles players, but those two. But that's what I don't get. Every, every league is doubles. Every tournament has doubles. Every high school player has to play doubles. You mean rec-wise? Like, you're talking about all the leagues and... and, Absolutely. Yeah. And every college player's even got to play doubles, or at least... Unless your team's really big, or you got, you know, specialists, but... Right. And then, but on TV, we're never going to show doubles. We're not going to put it in the first four matches, but then, when it matters, for the fifth match, we're going to just randomly throw doubles at you. Yeah. Um, And I'm sure if it's... Like, I'm sure they didn't even show the doubles, because they still had to play it, right? I think they have to play it no matter what. Maybe. But... I know in Davis Cup they do, but and then if they the do, play it, They don't even show it. So I mean, it's, I don't know how they expect anybody to have a kind of following in doubles. So why not just get rid of it altogether?
1: Would they show it if it counted? <laughs> 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 All right, it's match point. We're going to tune in to Fed Cup live. Uh, right. Like match point. Like hopefully the they'll. Center. Hopefully they'll win it, so we don't have to show more than <laughs> one point. Um,
2: live look in for uh, one point of doubles. Yeah, I mean that's just I just don't understand what we're trying to do here. I mean well, either either value doubles or don't.
1: And listen, one story of this Fed Cup year is the US trying to repeat, right? I yeah. mean, for us, obviously, but any league you have, if what? a team is in the mix to repeat, that that's part of the story of the of the season. It's they're the top dog, they're the hunted, the rest of everybody's hunting them, and that's that's one angle. I'm no journalist, well, obviously. Well, and that they're
2: doing it without the Williams sisters to me is even well, the, well that's a, right,
1: right, right. But I'm just talking about in generalities. Yeah. And so for, you know, that, so that's one story. But to me, another another big story, I I think, is uh, Bethany Maddox-Sands coming back after that horrific injury.
2: Yeah, and that was such a big deal when that happened. And it was so sad. I mean, that could have been a good buildup to the third match or whatever. I mean, that would have been a great. And now she's like, like, it doesn't even matter. So who cares if what she does in the comeback Like you said, they didn't even show it, first of all. Right. And then second of all, it doesn't mean anything. You know, so if she wins or loses, nobody's going to care or see. It's a bummer. So I think even the home team – by the way, one question I was going to ask, this is a side note, but how are they going to determine what surface the new Davis Cup plays on? Good question. I have no clue how they're going to do that because, like, this was on clay in France, and then I guess the next time they play, it would be in America on whatever surface they want. Right. But on Davis Cup, I have no idea how they're going to decide that. Are they going to have hard courts and clay courts there and alternate or that that to me is weird. But anyway, the, the away team should get to decide the order. Maybe you want to play the doubles first. Yeah. What does it matter? You're playing all five. Let the right. doubles like if I had a knock down doubles team, maybe I want them to be first.
1: Yeah. Good question. I, I agree with you. Doubles continually gets the shaft, um, and has for a while at every various level. Um well, and labor. it doesn't make sense because the majority of people, and probably, and again, for us, you know, we're biased. Obviously, the world of tennis doesn't revolve around what we're doing in America. But I would imagine the bulk of rec players across the world is doubles.
2: Well, and, and even Labor Cup, by the way, if they ended up tied, they were going to finish with one set of doubles. So we, doubles doesn't matter ever, but they were going to make the deciding most important match be decided by doubles.
1: Well, don't get too upset about that. That's an exhibition. <laughs> right. Sorry, Roger. But it's
2: just funny how they they don't ever care about it until they want to play some shortened finish, and then all of a sudden, oh, let's do doubles, because that's going to be quick.
1: <laughs> and we'll have more stars on the court. Yeah. Mm-mm-mm.
2: But yeah, like you're saying, I mean, I don't know many people, 40, 50 plus, that are that are playing singles on a regular basis. It's pretty much all doubles. right?
1: Even 35? Yeah. I mean, yeah.
2: Well, I mean, I mean, ladies are playing doubles at any age for more than singles.
1: Right. So, yeah. That's a good coach's, uh, Corey's corner. Well, I tried. I right. mean, it was all right. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest.
2: It lived up to the lack of hype.
1: <laughs> I think it's going to be a continuing
2: segment, though. Uh-oh. That's what I think. The fans have demanded it. The fan. <laughs> There's one...
1: I think it was your wife that called <laughs> yeah, in I and think, said, uh... I told
2: her to use a different name. She oh, missed okay. that part.
1: Yeah. Um... Yeah, so men's tennis is garbage. American tennis, American women's tennis is the joint. We're, there's a lot of heat out there. A lot of mixed feelings about the Davis Cup switch, but we're all for it in this room. Definitely. By the way, part C of Corey's Corner, we get to see the Americans win next week, right, Fed Cup? Um, If by next week you mean the next week they play yeah. in about six <laughs> months. Yeah. So
2: we have no momentum to build, nothing right. to generate from this win, and we, we play probably a whole new roster, and the whole team
1: months. could get injured or quit or get right. popped for drugs or whatever. Yeah, I guess I'd be fine if they weren't. You know, okay, <laughs> but
2: um, but yeah, that's that's the whole reason the new system is so much better.
1: Well, everybody. Uh, it's tradition. Um, listen, it's first tradition of all,
2: and they want to play fast four and no ad and third set time. Well, breaks.
1: they're not they're not playing with wooden rackets. They're not playing with you know horsehair uh, strings or whatever. <laughs> I don't know what they do, but um, spaghetti strings. Yeah. So, uh, to to me, the format doesn't change. Right. It's just you. T- the timing of it changes. Instead of doing the same exact format once <laughs> over nine years. You do it all at once over however many days. I or, think and great. then it's an actual team. And you actually build up excitement well, to, to th- the end. Answer me this. What is more? Tradi- what is going against more of tradition? Looking back at the beginning of Davis Cup, and it was like America and Australia and a Great Britain mixed in. Yeah. And the best players that, that could play, played. Right. The best. So what you mean to tell me is that Federer and Wawrinka not playing for Switzerland is somehow better traditionally than having them play but doing it all in one week yeah i mean it just it's just stupid it's just dumb the tradition it's it's a it's a fraud if no if if nobody hardly plays in in their particular countries then how do we know who the best you know well and and even more so that you make it a two-week period and
2: then you say if you don't play you're not eligible to be on the tour for the next three months well, that's absurd. Which Federer wouldn't care because he does that anyway. But um. <laughs> he
1: said, "Yeah, can I pick what time?" <laughs> um, no, no, no. What I'm, I. Hmm. But what you're saying is Here's the best what I, players if you that don't, all play. Well, I would say that if you're not on site and part of the roster from the beginning of that week. In a half period, to the, you can't just play in the finals. You have to. You can't just parachute in, right, and play in the finals. Yeah, it's gotta it, be the same team of four or five. And you the can whole be on. Time. And you know what? Be on the roster, and Federer doesn't play unless he's needed in the third or fourth rubber, right, or something. Whatever. I don't know how. You know, uh, what what players they have and how it shakes out. Um And I would even be more than happy if ha- I would wouldn't mind having a sixteen team um bracket in the first half of it plays at homes of the higher seed to lead into right. the you know what i mean does yeah. that
2: mean yeah i don't i don't have a problem with that cuz they talked about oh you lose the home court advantage and
1: who cares tennis travels all over the world blah blah blah. only know? half of you use home lose the home <laughs> court <laughs> advantage the other half didn't have it right
2: well we don't get to bring tennis to our you know remote location and you know bulgaria yeah. or wherever portland
1: <laughs> the 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 tennis <laughs> megatropolis of portland yeah where it rains 85 days a week, that doesn't make sense. Well, they can
2: still do those relegation matches. You know, all eight teams that lose in the first round, they got to play a relegation match in January at their home site. Yeah. And that's still their team.
1: There's your dumb home field. Yeah.
2: But, no, I think it's just – well, it'll be interesting to see if they ever do a Fed Cup, Davis Cup combined in a two-week period. I hope not.
1: Yeah, you don't want that. I do. No, 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 no. Uh, Let me rephrase that. Uh, I hear from people – tennis Twitter – (laughs) <laughs> um and really and commentators too and they're like, they, they say, uh, "Is the Davis Cup going to include the Fed Cup?" And it's like, first of all, how can you put on the uh, that on the Davis Cup? Because if they tried, they get bitch slapped and say, "What are you doing? Right. We're our own thing. We're the women's thing, and we're doing our own thing. Who are you to come in with your patriarchy and try to tell us what to do?" Right, and
2: say, so, and they would want to make all the rules.
1: Right, I mean. The Fed Cup is its own thing. Now, they're governed by the same body, but it's different people making those decisions on how it all works, or right. else doubles would be in the middle for both. Right. So, obviously, they have control over sort of what they do, so they can do it anytime they want. Same thing, it's just like the Rod Laver Cup nonsense. Right. Why don't they include the WTA Tour? Well, because the WTA Tour does their own thing. They're right. their own entity. It's like asking, hey, McDonald's, why don't you include Burger King? Because <laughs> they, they're their own thing. Right. Now, they're competitors. I don't think men's and women's tennis are competitors. I definitely think they complement each other, but they're all their, they are also their own entities, and they can both kiss my ass.
2: Well, I think in some, I guess the argument might be that they are competitors that week. That's the problem. If you don't have Davis Cup and Fed Cup at the same time, then you've got WTA competing with Davis Cup.
1: Well, uh, uh, Fed Cup competed with the ATP th- this week.
2: No, that's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm saying by not having them at the same time, you kind of are competing with each other.
1: Yeah, but they're not. I mean, they, I, I hear what you're saying, but...
2: The Tennis Channel had a hard time. Did you notice they always put the men's matches first, which ended up being a total travesty?
1: Well, no, but it was the tournament versus... They might not have full-on, you know... I think they. what I mean is they both
2: played about the same time, and they always were showing those terrible Nadal matches... <laughs> Oh Instead right, of showing the but Fed I think Cup live, that's because
1: they I, they they probably they may have to. Well, they probably paid more for a tournament, and you don't know who's playing that's who in true. Fed Cup, and until it's more, later, it's more you know whatever you don't know because if it's in if the other if a different country wins, then it's a different you time sh- zone. You're not going to show it either for home, you know. So it's it's a little more wide open. Whereas the Monte Carlo, first of all, the Monte Carlo is a major tournament. It's a one thousand for the level Yeah. Of Pete. Uh, and by the way, it's lovely this
2: time of year. Now now if I, I have th- to hear them say municipality one more time, every time he Is went... It, I thought it was principality. Principality. Yeah, Municipality's where... You I worked for 12 years. You didn't hear him once. Uh, principality. Yeah, obviously, I didn't hear it enough. But principality. And all, oh, want another title in the principality? Like, just say he won a Monte Carlo. Like, you don't need to say principality And every it's time. in Monaco, actually. The yeah. city's Monte Carlo. Yeah, so I don't know why they had to keep saying that over and over. It's like you don't say when he won the U.S. He won another tournament in the country.
1: I think the commentators were just trying to say anything to keep Gimelstab from talking. (laughs) Or was he the one saying it? Gimelstab. That's a good one. Gimelstab. He might be the worst. I can't imagine he sounds like that when he's working with a player. I will say the thing that is amazing about him, though, is
2: he can recount any match score. Like, do you remember the last time Federer lost on a grass court in a non Grand Slam? Yeah, it was the two thousand two Hala. He lost six four seven five to Fernando Verdesca. I mean, he now I am sure some of that is, is planned, right? But he, I mean, he can pull that out and he'll be like, "I had a break point in the in the third set and I lost it when I double faulted." You know, if it's his match, he can be even more detailed. Yeah, but even with other people's matches, care. I still don't want to hear him. That's talk. like a Rain Man type. He's like, well, uh,
1: like I said, I it's a lot like uh, BG Tennis Nation. Um, brad gilbert there's no way there's no way either of those guys sound like they sound when they're dealing with players or they're coaching or they're just shooting the bull talking some tennis right. in the green room or whatever but something happens when they get on stage i don't know i don't know what happens but i don't like them
2: well we both agree that
1: bg is
2: underutilized He's, and, and Stuff is overutilized
1: you know, yeah, they, I agree. They should
2: switch places.
1: I, you know what? I was just about to say that. Put Gimmelstop <laughs> out amongst the people, and put BG in the booth, and really breaking down stuff where he doesn't have to get out there and you know and tap dance and and right. make up names and stuff. Because I'm dying for him to give us that insight right. that he has when he was coaching Agassi. When he was writing his books or whatever. When he, I used to love when they
2: would show, you know, hit the matchups and it would he would say, "I'm giving you know Federer three checks on his forehand, but he's right. got more versatility as opposed to exactly. he, you know, Nadal's got a great forehand, but it's just one you know, and and that kind of thing is what I'd like to hear during a match.
1: Right. And see, that's the thing. That's the thing that's missing a ton in any of this prediction stuff. It's just oh, Nadal versus this guy, and but this guy lost to this guy, and he's not playing as well right now, and it's. It's none of the actual X's and O's, so to speak. Never. And Brad Gilbert, that's because that's something that's missing. Because football does the shit out of that. That's what I was going to say. Football is their
2: premier broadcast, and every play they're saying, "Well, look, they had this player do this." Like all you, I mean, easily you could do that with tennis. Like, yeah. if you look, he drove him out. You know, drove him short with a drop shot. Then he did this. You know, I mean, and they and they will show two points for a right. like two three set match. Right. Exactly. Like, that doesn't. They should be showing in so, game.
1: So I think if BG Tennis Nation met us. Me in particular, I think he'd punch (laughs) me in my face, right? But I think he's wrong because he's not listening close enough. Because what we're saying is we feel like BG Tennis Nation would be at BG Tennis Nation, I guess is what you're supposed to say (laughs) with Twitter, that Brad Gilbert would be amazing. Absolutely. If he could be more like, you know, ESPN, NFL, you know, the show or whatever and really go neck deep with breaking down X's and O's for every match and every player. I think it would be amazing, and it would take the broadcast of all these tournaments, especially when the matches are absolute shit like well, they were in Monte Carlo.
2: And the only person they let do that that I've seen is Jason Goodall. But with him, it's always pre-match or post-match. I'm talking about during the match. While, lot Right, while it's happening. Like, look at this point that just happened. You know, he made a mistake by doing this.
1: I'll tell you who was a perfect example of that in a different sport. Tony Romo. Yeah. Now, as you well know, I hate the Cowboys. <laughs> I hate the Cowboys. But I like Tony Romo. Yeah. Even when he was playing, I mean, right. you know, stop breaking your back. But right. you know, I was like, you know, I, I dug him and whatever. He's fine. But as a commentator, like his first, I don't know if it was his first game or his first week or first couple of weeks. Like, I don't remember. But it was like, it was like he's doing a parlor trick. Yeah. He would say this play is going to be, you know, uh, know. you know, uh, a run off the tackle. And they're probably going to shift the tight end out. You know, like he was like calling it, like he stole the playbook, right. or like he had a feed from the coach, right? And he just like was doing play after play after play in a row. And you're telling me the coaches in tennis couldn't do that? Uh, there's no, way. of course they could, right? Because they see these guys every of day. And guess what? Guess who they have to do it for? Like five players because yeah. nobody else can get past the quarters. Exactly. I mean, right. BG Tennis Nation, do not punch me in the face please don't punch me in the face when you see me. I'm telling you, I would be a huge fan, but I'm tired of the nicknames Dickie V. <laughs> Dipper Dandy, baby. Well, and like you said, he,
2: can, he could say, look, Nadal's lined up here. He served that ball wide. He's opened up the down the line forehand. He's going to be using that play a lot today. You'll look for that.
1: Now, I would geek out on that because I'm doing that like myself. Right. I'm exactly. looking at it and we're talking about it. And like when I get back to practice the next day with my players, we're talking about it and stuff like that. And yeah, I mean, to some degree, it, I mean, we, they talk about it, you know, like kind of in relation to what they do, but uh, it's a whole different, obviously, right. deal talking about the elite level players. But but still, I think every rec player across the country would be all goofy about it because they're looking at it like, oh, wow, so this is something if I line up here versus, you know, two feet back or two. I, I think any of that kind of detailed X's and O's stuff, I think people would eat it up. Well, and there's as much time between
2: points as there is in an NFL game. You've got 20 to 25 seconds to replay Uh it. (laughs) Not long. It's going to be dead on now. (laughs) To replay it and show what exactly happened at that point. Like, they replay it, but they don't even discuss the replay. Right. But you know what? I would
1: even say that that might be a little tough because you have to get... You have to draw on it. Right. And you want to see patterns, too. Right. And so I think if in between sets would be a great place for that. So you sort of because BG could go in and say, "All right, here's what Nadal does a lot, uh, and does it particularly when he's playing these players. Uh, here's how they counter it, and usually they'll do this, and then he'll do that. So he knows what he's looking for, right. or he can, he should know sort of a general direction he might be looking, and then he can get the crew to, you know, as they're they're pulling all these points." To pull out those points that match up with what he's talking about. right? And guess what? If they go the other way, he can say, hey, normally. Right. Because he doesn't have to be wrong.
2: Well, and by the way, wouldn't that be more exciting to watch than to watch the first game of a second set? I don't even care if it goes into the first game. I don't need to see every single point of a match. All
1: right. Of course, I do want to see every game if I'm watching it. But... I think they could get it done quick enough, and yeah. they could do it over a success. They could do it during that, and during the the in between the mat, in the set, right? And in between points of that first game, talking about the first set, and uh, you still don't have to miss point.
2: I could just see them not wanting to give up their commercial breaks. Sure, uh, yeah, but but I think there's enough time in there.
1: I think it certainly could be done, and I mean, I, I, I they have people on staff. Anna Cone could do the same thing, right? I don't think. I don't think. Tracy Austin, I don't think Chris Everett. Uh, I don't even know that Martina could do it. Never at Yeah. Um Carrillo, maybe. Well, they were all, you know, maybe Carrillo. I don't know. But
2: they get more into the, you know, they get more into that's talking about the overall tournament, which to me, I don't care about that. Like, I mean, oh, need- Federer is coming to this tournament with these many wins. and it's like, Right. But it's like, it's a two-week tournament. Like, I might hear about that the first day. I don't need to hear about that the rest of the tournament.
1: Well, again, is... Is his, you know, record against, you know, lefties outside the top 10 versus, you know, I mean, none of that matters because, you know, that's why, again, I hate prediction crap because what I, what I will say is, oh, this person is going to beat this person if they do thus and so, not, oh, I think is going to beat, you know. And by the way, not,
2: not the stupid IBM Insights either. (laughs) Those are awful. Those obscure If I hold my serve eighty percent of the time, I'm gonna win eighty percent of the matches. (laughs) Well, not if I miss every I was about to use the F which I've never used on the podcast. But not if I miss every return. You know, like that's the dumbest stat. Like I get I get what they're saying. Right. But it's like or it's like if I win ninety percent of the four to nine shot rallies. Well, like if there was three nine four to nine shot rallies and I win all three of them, I don't think that means I'm gonna win the set.
1: Well, right. Well, it, it's so interconnected because it's a nonstop game, right? And so, yeah, I hear you. I hear you. I, I just, I, I think
2: I would well, rather hear like you're saying. If he executes this play well, he's gonna win.
1: Yeah, and they do that on a very, very surface level. Yeah, very surface
2: level. Like if oh, if
1: Federer serving well, he's gonna win the match. Well, gee, thanks. Like I didn't know that. <laughs> well, if. If anybody can do it the tennis minds are there in place broadcasting they they're there to do it. And I I think with the technology you got PlaySight out there selling their stuff I mean apparently that's amazing I haven't had experience with it but Yeah, we'll have to talk about that sometime. Yeah, maybe we'll get somebody from PlaySight in or something. But um but yeah, I mean all the technology out there they can get these stats and get these these you know points broken down and... I, I they think,
2: are they are getting better in the stuff where it's like he hit this many percentage behind the baseline, this percentage. Right. That is useful information, I think.
1: It's huge information, especially playing it like against something like we just talked about. I'm bitching about, you know, uh, Nishikori and, yeah. and um, Chilich and, I mean, not Chilich, um, Baby Fed, what's his name? Dimitri. To not, you know, the, the crappy shots they're hitting. when well, I've uh, even
2: seen the stat where they show that, you know, his forehand bounces... This many inches off the ground, this forehand bounce. I mean, I think that's cool, too.
1: Well, and that, you know what? See, that is stuff that matters more than a lot of stuff. Because I'm telling you right now, every player can hit a, sh- a ton of different shots and be offensive in a ton of different ways, but they all have their best, you know, sweet spot. They all have their best the, – their stroke pattern has an optimum strike zone. Well, and um, it's like you said about the
2: service line. If Nadal's forehand lands at the service line, it's really tough. Because it bounces up really high, right? If it lands on the baseline, it might bounce up right in their strike zone. Whereas other guys, if they leave their ball on the service line, they're going to get crushed in the next shot.
1: And why aren't they talking about that stuff? Yeah, I don't is because we're tennis geniuses and they're not. No, it's not. Let me answer. Weakest your era in tennis broadcasting. Oh, you <laughs> did not go there. <laughs> on <Huh>. that note, <laughs> now I think uh, Justin Gimelstob is also going to beat us up, and maybe Tracy Tracy Austin would kick my ass. I'm pretty sure. Why
2: couldn't they get American broadcasters for Fed By the way. I was really irritated with that. Not that I have a problem with non-American, but I'm like, it's the biggest team. For us. Yeah. Right, 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 right. And yeah. they had, yeah. you know, two obscure British right. or Australian commentators. I didn't understand that. I don't either.
1: Oh, my but goodness. What a power-packed podcast. It, it was. We triple talked about
2: comedy. Triple, triple P. And something we've never talked about, the weakest era in tennis.
1: Yep, yep, <laughs> yep. So, well, anything else? Barcelona, aren't you excited? I can't wait. I can't wait. Is Nadal playing that? (laughs) Is he in the draw? Let's give him the
2: title and give a second play. Let everybody else play and give a second place, and that would make the term a lot more exciting.
1: Yeah, just pull him out. Give him the title, but pull him out. Yeah. And then we can watch competitive matches. Yep. Is there anybody that can take a set off him? Yeah, if I get down there and coach him. Because <laughs> I'm sick of this bullshit. Well, he
2: lost in Madrid last year. So that's why, and I said this year, he can't be as good as he was last year. And how'd, that, how'd that go over?
1: Deer piss. Yeah. Or whatever Ray Lewis was taking. Now, that's really somebody I want to get punched by. <laughs> He's a man of a man. I'm not, yeah, I'm not bashing him. Well, I just said deer piss. That was his whole thing. You yeah. Know, whatever he was taking. <laughs> All right, man. Well, listen. We're growing. But damn it, we're not going fast enough. But now that we've gotten our... Our Twitter handle tweeted out, retweeted out by uh, <laughs> comedians to over almost two hundred thousand uh, Twitter people. A plus celebrities. There we go. B plus. I know. B plus. I'm <laughs> um, supposed to
2: flatter them. That's how you get them to. Yeah, but listen, us.
1: I think they know. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, a lot of people out there. So hopefully, if you're uh, if you're one of the fans of those four comedians we've been talking about, uh, welcome aboard. I'm sorry we don't cuss and say as dirty stuff as they do. Uh, but it is about tennis primarily, and uh, and we're glad you joined us. Tell a friend. Um, again, our Twitter is one zero s r e v tennis rev. Um, tweet on tw- your questions for
2: us. Anything you have is that possible? Well, we- they can tweet at us at us and whatever right. they want to know.
1: I hope I check it because I don't know. We'll know all I, we'll- I do is get on Twitter and stare at Joe List following us. That's so <laughs> creepy. He's going to drop us like a bad habit. Damn it. Um... <laughs> Well, whatever. I'm 0 for 1 with blue check marks. I'll see if I can go over for 2. Shit. Because <laughs> um, Yanina had a blue check mark. That's why I knew uh, it was really her. Um, so anyway, so follows on Twitter. Again, Instagram. I really want to break the world record of most Insta followers with never posting a picture. <laughs> That's my goal. Let's see.
2: Now you have an awesome picture to post.
1: Yeah. Damn. Yeah, but I only have 11 followers, so who, nobody's going to give a shit. They can just go to Twitter and find
2: it. Who cares? Yeah, that's the funny thing. I guess the only... I don't know how to get... Because you could post the most incredible picture ever, but how does anybody see it if you only have 11? Like, your followers have to tell well, other followers about I it? I think
1: so. Well, just like I tweeted to those four guys cause they, I, so they could have that picture, and then they are narcissistic, obviously, uh, because they're on <laughs> Twitter. Uh, I'm just kidding, boys. Uh, and then they tweeted it out so all their fans could see it, right. and then... I think they wanted to show everybody, hey, we're not degenerates, okay? We do comedy, but we also enjoy tennis. So we need one of our 11 followers on Instagram to share our Well, here's the thing. Our, our, uh, well, here's a way. So, all right. Everybody that's on Instagram is on Twitter, but not everybody that's on Twitter is on Instagram. Everybody that's on Twitter is on Facebook, but not everybody that's on Facebook right. is on Twitter. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. See how it works? You got that? I'm learning. <laughs> um, I think most are on multiple, but it's not us. Probably. We are in all of them. We just not <laughs> don't know what we're doing, right? Um, so if you are an Instagram, but I can't if I send out one pick, it's over. The record's ruined. I know you are right. So, um, so yeah. So anyway, so can't Instagram. Wait we have our potential guests later. Instagram is Tennis Revolution Pod, right? Isn't that what we that, figured that's out? That's what you said. Okay, yep. so that's Instagram. Follow, expect nothing. Follow <laughs> and expect nothing. Um And then Facebook, obviously, Tennis Revolution Podcast, like our fan page. Um, And for the love of Pete, just subscribe so I can stop. It's it's like I write a letter to every listener to remind them, hey, here, tune in. It's too much. It's too much, (laughs) Corey. And you do nothing. I don't. So it's way too much for me.
2: I'm the talent, I thought.
1: That's, oh, a that's a good not point. worked yeah that's a good point i just show up and you're the talent draw all the people you're the talent but you don't have any talent <laughs> um so that's facebook that's twitter and that's instagram tennisrevolutionpodcast.com subscribe subscribe go to itunes where else stitcher maybe i always remember that i think stitcher <laughs> google play there you go um and some other stuff i've never heard of yeah
2: um, However you find us, tennisrevolutionpodcast.com.
1: And tell all your friends. Tell people you don't even like. People People that hate you, if you tell them, I bet you'll like you. <laughs> all right. L- you know, bitching about tennis, American tennis, I think is part of the revolution. I think we did that. Celebrating American women's tennis, I think that's part of the re- revolution. We did that. And uh, But there's always more problems to solve. And we're going to do that again next week. We appreciate you joining us. And until next time, Thanks for joining the revolution. Bye, guys. I don't need you, Yanina. I got Joe.